Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. So hopefully, wherever you are, you've been able to spend a lot of time outside this week because it's summer and you may still be working remotely, you know, all that stuff. But in case you have been doing that and haven't been on the internet as much as I have, I thought I'd put, there's been some good, there's good stuff to read this week. Um, So I thought I'd tell you about what's caught my eye this week. First off, this week is the 50th anniversary of Joni Mitchell's album Blue, which is just like one of the most fundamental collections of music in my life. Um, If you've been, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been like posting about it, but um, it's just it's a magnificent masterpiece and how lucky are all of us who have like never known life without it. Um, there are, there's been some great pieces since it's the 50th anniversary. There's been some great pieces about it. The New York times has this really amazing interactive piece. I love when they do these like digital interactive pieces where they talk to all these different artists, some of whom were involved in the album. Um, James Taylor or like Graham Nash and um, David Crosby, like contemporaries of Joni's and then also like newer artists like uh, the Heim sisters, who I know I talk about all the time, um, and and others about like the impact of the album and 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 all of that. And then as you're like scrolling through it, you can listen to the music. It's it's like a really cool, well put together piece. The LA Times also has an amazing piece um, where they also talk to a ton of different people. And um, I mean, Joni's own Instagram, which her team runs at this point, but it's been just, it's, I love it. I love like I, I never am kind of not listening to this album. You know, I mean, there's River, which is just perfect. And A Case of You, which I could literally drown myself in like every day. Um, Carrie has always felt very special to me, even though. So it's C-A-R-E-Y, which is my middle name and was my mother's maiden name. Um, so I've always felt connected to that song, even though like Carrie is a dude um, in that song. I um, I just love it. There's, I mean, there's not a, a bad song in the mix and it's just, um, it's glorious. So I just love that there's all this content around it. So I would definitely check that out. Um, the new Arc Digest cover with Cara Delevingne's LA house is so good. Um, her house is fashionably wacky. It's super chic, but kind of chaotic, which is, I think, Cara Delevingne, who I think is one of the coolest people. I mean, there's like Gucci wallpaper. There's this kind of like, glam rock like music room where she's got drums and like her David Bowie signed guitar and um and it's like a fun house but it's also like super chic um it's just great and her you know she does like the video tour and stuff and then there's there's the the actual photo shoot and all of that as well and then New York Mag has really been bringing the heat this week there's a couple pieces that stood out to me I love New York Magazine I still subscribe I get the print edition I'm a digital subscriber I go to Vulture like a hundred times a day but there's an essay from Rachel Lindsay from like the Bachelor universe um and she's got a lot to say she's she's been uh talking about a lot of these issues in race and and on and her experience on the show but she really like goes there in this essay and it's it's been a long time since I've been a regular watcher of the of the bachelor but and the bachelorette but I keep up with it I mean I follow pop culture if you're immersed in culture like it it gets to you whether you kind of want to or not and I think what she has to say is really interesting and I would definitely read it even if you don't watch the show anymore 
I mean, I used to be like an OG watcher, like back in the day. Um, I mean, Trista like went to college with my friend's older sister and another girl I knew she went to IU. Like we used to have all these ties back in the day, but really I've, I've been off that train for a while, but I still, I get it. If you still are on it. I mean, I totally understand why people enjoy it, but either way I read this piece by Rachel Lindsay. And then they also have this investigative story of kind of what's been going down at New York one. And if you've ever lived in New York, New York one has probably been very important to you. It's like the cable news channel for the five boroughs. It's a New York institution. Um, and Caitlin Moscatello, who I know through friend of the pod, Michelle Ruiz, wrote this piece and talked to a ton of people on and off the record about kind of a not so nice vibe in that newsroom and allegedly. And, you know, they, they get into some of this um, age discrimination suit, which has been public knowledge that some of the on air female talent had brought against New York one, but then it goes well beyond that into some sound, what sounds like some pretty shitty behavior of true. Um, so it's very dishy. Uh, I think you will all enjoy it. So that's what I've been reading this week. Now we will just take a turn and get to my conversation with Lori Bergamato, who's one of my best friends has been referenced on this podcast a number of times and you will you can take a journey with us through our conversation, which is just kind of how it goes when you roll with like me and my friends. You start in one place, you end up somewhere very different. But we're, we talk about 80s sitcoms and shows that we love, the resurgence of Jean Smart and how obsessed we are with her. Um, morning talk shows, talk shows, morning shows, all, all these different things. It's It's a really fun combo and I hope you guys enjoy it and we will be right back. This week's guest inhabits a spot in my innermost circle. Lori Bergamato is a true gem of a human being and part of the famous, at least in our own minds, Abby Lori Tia group text that has propelled me through some of my darkest days and been a part of the celebration of the best ones. Like if one of us goes to a meeting for an hour, it is not uncommon to come back to 74 text messages that start in a very normal place and end somewhere that I would probably never even say on the air. The fact that I got to give both of these people a hug last week was truly like after like two years, it's like a highlight of my decade. And as is the case with so many of the guests on this podcast, we met in the world of magazines and beauty editor-dom and a beautiful friendship was born. But along with being an absolutely incredible friend, Lori is so fucking gifted, it's insane. Like if you're a fan of morning television, which I very much am, you have probably seen her on the Today Show or Good Morning America or Wendy Williams or myriad other shows in her role as style director of Good Housekeeping, giving you everything from fashion and beauty tips to crafts to the very best Halloween costumes for you and your kids. Like even Christian Slater himself thought she looked highly adorable as a flamingo, and I agree. She is truly one of my soulmates and a person I would very much like to live in a Golden Girls house with someday if her lovely husband will let me steal her to hang on the lanai when we are old and gray. Please welcome my beloved Lori Bergamato and her sexy rasp of a voice. Hi, Lori. <laughs> Hi, Abby. And thank you. Oh, my God. I'm like, is this my eulogy? That was like, that's like... That was amazing. I'm going to cry. Like, thank you for that. The feelings are very mutual, my friend. Very mutual. Thank you. I mean, really, our texts are like my lifeblood. Um, 
Same. And I like that sometimes without getting into detail, like you'll come back to the text, the chain and just like summarize it nicely. So, OK, is this where we are? And you'll just like list out. And we're like, T and I are like, yeah, that's it. That's it. There's so to be clear for, for everyone listening, just so they get the context. Generally, Tia and Abby are like, I, I can't believe they let me hang out with them, number one. No. And it. basically say that. they will rapid fire ping pong these hilarious, perfectly written, astutely no. observed texts to one another at a pace that is not human and so I'll be like I have to, I have three little kids I'm like I'm gonna go wash the dishes and I will be gone for like seven minutes and I will return to a phone that says you have 96 text messages you guys I'm not kidding like that's what it says and, and I'll be like I'll be like wait I mean, can I reveal one of them, Abby? Like, I just sure. feel like I need yeah. to. Because I mean, I, I talk about, like, yeah. everything on this show. I've embarrassed uh, myself fully from, like, the... I mean, the first episode was T and I talking about our absolute insane behavior around Harry Styles. So, like, which you get to see even I darker do. parts and, of. <laughs> and listen, I enjoy a, a Mr. Harry Styles. I just am not at the level you guys are at. <laughs> you have you have one of those brains that can process it in a normal way and be like, he's handsome, he's talented, I like yeah. what he's that's a good yeah. Gucci outfit. Whereas we have gone like our brains cannot. Yeah. And so we go to like a very different place. Totally. You're like a normal you're a normal person. I'm well no, it's just that my obsessions are of a different <laughs> you know, you mentioned Christian Slater and it's like Yes. Uh, it's it's like when I find my person, I can reach, I can achieve those levels. Like I'm an elementary school Harry Styles observer, whereas you and Tia are like PhD uh, observers. Well, she's like she's like Professor Emeritus of like there this you go. Situation. Perfect. And I love I'm like that. below her because she has guided me. You know. Okay, that is fair. But but, but you do. I, I mean, Christian Slater. I mean, can we like he did tell you looked cute as a flamingo. Like that yes. is a real thing that happened. <laughs> Yes. So that at the Today Show? That was at the Today Show. So basically, as you mentioned, I I will do these like hilarious, like sometimes I'm like, what is my life? Like I'm a Forrest Gump of the editorial world. Like I'm always, (laughs) I'm always like oddly celebrity adjacent. And yet I'm just sitting here like in my laundry room filming this, recording this podcast. But um, yeah. So, so Christian Slater, to, to back up, I was like a lifelong fan of Gleaming the Cube, like dead, uh, Pump Up well, the Volume. Well, you know, I, Pump Up Legend the Volume, Billie I mean, Jean. obviously, ha- Legend of Billie Jean, Heather's obviously important, but Pump oh, Up the Volume Heather's. is like fundamental. Oh, all of this is like required viewing if you want to understand any woman over the age of 35 to like 55, I think, you know? I just feel yeah. like that's, that was like a major part of our growing up right yeah um and so I always loved Christian Slater in high school uh actually wasn't even in high school I think I was like in seventh grade um I was the chapter president of the Christian Slater (laughs) fan club remember those like you could like write in to like the back of teen magazine or YM do you remember that and I was like I was like his I was in his fan club and I was in the Ethan Hawke fan club oh sure you could totally see like the the Venn diagram of the Ethan Hawke Christian Slater (laughs) overlap right 
Well, were you a big fan of Explorers? <laughs> Do you, you know, Explorers when he was like I, a kid? <laughs> no, I mean, I went back and watched it because I think this happens with people who get obsessed with other people. Is like you find the thing that draws you in. It's like your gateway. And yeah. then you're like, I must know. I must consume all of their media. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, absolutely. Right? And so you go back and then you're like, oh, I'm going to watch Explorers and Mystery Date. And <laughs> Mystery I mean, I, I saw like Dead Poet Society in real time, but like all oh, yeah. the other things, I'm like, this is a dad's. Like Ethan, Ethan Hawke was in this movie, Dad's, I think it was called, or Dad with Dad. Um, Ted, yes. Dad with Ted Danson and like, with Ted, I was just going to say, was it Ted Danson in that? Yeah, it was, it was like Ted Danson and like, I think it was Jack Lemon or like Walter Matthews. I always get them confused, but it was one of those octogenarian guys. But anyway, so yes, I went real deep and back to Christian Slater though. Like I just like loved him so hard. And I remember, you know, like it just, he was my guy. And so fast forward to 2000, what year was this? I feel like 2020 is a lost year. So I'm always like, yeah, what year? it was like 2018. I want to say, um, yeah, it was 2018. And then right. I, I met that him again right. in, in 2019, I always do this Halloween segment for the Today Show, which Tia has largely um, been a part of yes. because she and her family are just like all gorgeous. Like they all just deeply like, photogenic like, and beautiful. Yeah, deeply. <laughs> yes. New York Times bestselling author Tia Williams. That's right. That's uh, and, damn right. And her family just gorgeous. And so they were like dressed up in these Halloween costumes. And the night before we were getting everything set up and and the segment is always about me DIYing these uh, costumes out of things that you can't buy at a Halloween store. So it's like a very stressful, it's like me in the kitchen with like, uh, you know, fishing line and a plastic bowl trying to make a tiger. Like it, it makes no sense <laughs> and it's so hard. I don't and know so how I, you do it. It's always I, so I, stunning on television. I, well, in real life, it's smoke and mirrors. Like, I just feel like it's all going to nobody hold it too close to a flame because we'll all go up. But but so we did this. We I, I put all these outfits together. And the night before, my producer, who I've become friendly with now, um, who's an amazing producer at the Today Show, texts me and says, oh, by the way, um, at the time it was uh, Kathy Lee was was the host uh, along with Hoda. And she said, by the way, Kathy Lee is out tomorrow. So we have a fill in which is totally normal. It's usually like Willie Geist or some other Today Show awesome person. And I was like, great. And I said, who is it? Is it Willie? Is it Al? Is it? And she said, oh, actually, we're doing this thing where we fill in with celebrities. So it's going to be Christian Slater. <laughs> and it, it was like, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I called her and I was near tears. And I was like, I can't go on. And she was like, what? I was like, I love him. And she was like, are you okay? She was like, are you having a stroke? I was like, I might, I might have stroke because I, I was like, you don't understand. This was like my, you know, it's like that weird thing. If like in yeah. 10 years, somebody says to you, oh, Abby, like, you know, you have to do this panel. By the way, it was supposed to be uh, Jay McInerney, but it's going to be Harry Styles. And you're like, wait, can't what? Talk. Can't speak. But anyway, so yeah, so to, that, to highlight the point that I'm very awkward around celebrities that I love, I was, I'm like ready to do this Christian Slater thing. I tell Tia, I'm like, you have to like hold my hand tomorrow. Christian Slater is going to be there. It's a whole thing. And I realize in the morning that I have to be part of this segment as a flamingo. So I'm dressed in full feathered regalia in a 
as a flamingo. She and was so cute, I, you guys. It was she was adorable. Oh my god! And I am like horrified. I meet him. I think I even said, which was like made it worse. Like it's such like a pleasure to meet you. I'm so sorry. I'm dressed like a flamingo. Like who says that? Oh, I'm the worst. And but he, he was, enjoyed you. Oh, we had we like totally hit it off, and I was like, yeah. We, like I knew we would be in love right away. And yeah, you guys had a vibe. We had a vibe. And sorry, so Nick, later, you had a vibe. That's right. Oh, Nick under Nick is like, I get it. It's fine. Like he knows. He's also like, my husband is the most confident human being in the world. Like he's like, you this think I'm true. threatened by Christian Slater? Like <laughs> I'm not. not. Like no. literally not. Like not no, even d- one iota. Could, could not care like even a little. And that night I posted something on Instagram and was like, you know, just being honest and saying like how mortified I was that my, I'm so happy that my lifelong dream of meeting Christian Slater had come true, but it was a literal nightmare that you meet the like teenage heartthrob of your dreams and you are dressed like a flamingo. Like there's what is worse. And he, I, no, I didn't even tag him in this Instagram post. My producer, Sarah Claggett, who's amazing, she tagged him and said, oh, Christian Slater is the best or something like that. Like, he he had a great time. And he responded, but I love that you are a flamingo. He and I was like, to respond that it's the best. And I, I screen grabbed it, immediately brought it to CVS, got it printed in a photo, <laughs> framed it, and put it in my office. But anyway... So yes, Christian Slater and and anything like 80s is just, it's like a comfort for my soul. It is. It's a comfort for my soul too. And we love like 80s sitcom, but like, which I want to talk about, but there is one, well, and this is a woman that we first fell in love with in the 80s. And it's a show that we both, and I've mentioned it on the show, but I've not talked about it in depth, but Ms. Jean Smart is a goddamn national treasure too. Summer of Jean Smart. It is the summer of Jean Jean Smart. Smart. And I love it. So obviously, I mean, I've not heard. So Lori, we watch a lot of the same stuff, but then there's some stuff like you're not like really a Bravo person, like whatever, which is fine. But like we watch a lot of the same like shows. And so but I and she'll get into something and whatever. But I had not heard her as passionate about something as I had heard her talk about Mayor of Easttown in a long time. Like you were in deep, deeper than I was. so deep i loved mayor of it was so good i mean it was so good it was so good you were like you were typing in all caps like oh yeah it was well and i would try because i never know when you know it's streaming times of streaming so you never know when somebody's actually watching something i yeah i think people were watching that in real time yeah which was great and so i would like occasionally text you after the show was over like I'd wait a good 10 minutes just to make sure and then I'd be like I think this is what's going on you know and and I have to say Abby even though I I don't want to give any spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it yet because you totally should you should but for the the you know the conclusion it is a whodunit I'm not giving anything away there yes it's a mystery yeah and I know. What am I like? I'm an old timey Angela Lansbury. I'm like, it's a whodunit. Well, that's another show from the eighties that we love. We love, love murder. She wrote the best, but, um, but I had, had like a kind of wacko idea early on. I'm like, it might be this, this thread. And you were like, eh, that's a little wacky. I I didn't. That's, that's true. I was like, eh, I was like me. I mean, it's like, I was like, it's not impossible, but I was like, no, 
Right. Well, that is just to underscore how much I was thinking about this, that I was offering Abby my first, second, and third uh, yes. suspects. Like, I was like, here's why. Here's another text as to why. And poor Abby's like, I'm trying to work. I mean, you like, had like, no, I no. Well, like you basically had like a carry from homeland like board <laughs> like set up at your house with like strings going everywhere I carrie matheson and i couldn't remember her last name i um, was like and then when saturday night live did murder Durder, which is my maybe all-time <laughs> favorite sketch i was just like it's the summer of mayor of Easttown. it's the summer of gene smart who was brilliant on that show in both so good a, she was so good and i you know what i really love about her too is like I feel like, you know, she was on Designing Women and that was a show about very like chic and elegant, but relatable women, but they were supposed to be beautiful. I mean, one of the first times I think Hollywood got um, into like a big uh, public, I don't want to say brawl, but remember Delta Burke like uh, was going to be fired if she didn't lose weight. It was like a whole, and it was like really public. I'm sure that crap has been going on for since the eternity of time. Yeah, but it played out in like People magazine. Exactly. Yeah. And it felt like the first time that we were hearing about it. Because, yeah. again, I'm sure that has been going on forever where, like, jerk producers were like, you need to lose weight, blah, 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 to a woman who, P.S., was not overweight. Um, right. And it was, even if she was, like, none of their darn business. But exactly. anyway, but anyway, um, so so that show was definitely, like, meant to be about women who were beautiful and aspirational but also kind of like funny and I don't want to say relatable but relatable in the sense that like they were real you know what I mean yeah and and I love that Charlene, Smart- Charlene was like the oh. country bumpkin too oh, of the beautiful absolutely people. I always yeah. remember I can't I I should have watched it before we, we talked about this but I always remember there was this like one scene where she's on the phone with her family and she's like saying goodbye to her mother or father on the phone and she was like tell Darlene and Arlene and Marlene and Daryl and it was like the fact that all their names right like it was like Charlene Marlene Arlene whatever I was like I just I loved it like I, I was so all in on Charlene and she was so sweet and uh. and that's usually who I go for which maybe says something about me like I love the rose nylon of yeah Golden you're Girls. the rose I love the you charlene are. i you hope are. i'm not like the total idiot like the rose because they're not like, but no but I, they are not idiots though that's the thing like they're right, not right. actually idiots but i all. generally feel like i'm like rose with a little bit of sophia or rose with a little bit of dorothy well yeah like blanche is not my spirit animal but the other ones are like that i'm all in on the other ones yeah i'm more like a blanche i'm more like a blanche dorothy combo i feel like yeah. Yeah, you are. Because I'm horny like I'm horny like Blanche, but I feel like I'm dry, hopefully dry like Dorothy sometimes. But you have to be Sophia a little bit because like the Italian. The Italian thing. Oh, yes. Yes. Which I which I I feel seen when I see Sophia. I'm like, that's my grandmother, you know, like down to the little handbag. And I think that's probably Sicily. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Picture it. New Jersey, 1985. (laughs) Me with Christian Slater and Ethan Hawke posters. (laughs) Writing letters with like hearts over the eyes. Oh, I mean, yeah, like that's there was so many. And also both those shows, like just being so female focused and not being like 20 something female focused, because even the designing women were like over 35, you know, like they were and and older, you know, like they were grown women. And and like Jean Smart, like she was just so good. She was so good in that role. But then I love seeing how she has gotten to like expand like she was really I don't know if you watched Watchmen but she was excellent in her role in that 
And then with Mare, she's very funny in that show when you need to be because there are funny moments in that show. It's very dark, but it's funny sometimes too. And but Absolutely. she was also like very there. She had some really like dramatic emotional stuff. And then totally. Hacks is this other oh. I mean I think it's one of the best shows of the year too I would say Mayor of Easttown and Hacks are probably my two favorite like new shows of this year yeah. and H- hence she's the summer of Jean Smart exactly <laughs> and she's like so excellent so if if you guys haven't seen it yet it's also on HBO Max so like HBO is just like it's like the old studio system she's just doing all these HBO shows and she's amazing but she plays um like an, Deborah I mean, Deborah Vance, who's like a stand-up comedian, very successful. I mean, there's a bit of Joan Rivers in her. There's a bit of, like, she's an older woman, obviously. She is, like, aging. She has, like, a residency, basically, in Vegas. And she's, like, aging out of, like, the demo that the hotel kind of wants to bring in. And so they're kind of, she's, like, they think she's, like, past her prime and, and whatever. And then so she gets, she starts working with a younger comedy writer, um, named Ava, who has kind of been ostracized and canceled on Twitter for making an inappropriate <laughs> joke. And so, but like, there's, it's, it's about, it has a lot to say about like women in comedy, women in Hollywood, women as like, and, and, and you can relate it to any kind of profession, but also this dynamic that develops between the two of them leads to some very, very, very funny stuff, but also like, you get to know them in the development of their relationship, her relationship with her daughter, her relationship with her deceased ex-husband. Like, oh, like the relationship <laughs> with her daughter, who's played by Caitlin Olsen, is just yes. That those scenes to me are some of the funniest scenes, just because I also love Caitlin Olsen and I just think yeah, she's, she's hilarious. Great. But it's it's it, they're brilliant and like you know to your point, designing women were they weren't all women that were in like you know, their twenties. And I love that Jean Smart, even though she was, she is beautiful, I think. And Oh my she, God, stunning. And she looks amazing. She now. looks amazing. But I love that she, and Kate Winslet too, for that matter, in Mare of Easttown, yeah. they were like, peel it back, people. We don't want to look beautiful. Like they, they looked nor like they looked real. You know what I mean? They yeah. did not look yeah. like the Hollywood versions of themselves. And I just love that Jean Smart, you know, she's got to be, I mean, I don't know how old she is, but I would imagine she's in her 60s does that sound right to you yeah yeah okay. she's probably over 65 I think I don't okay. I mean she's definitely but that's over like 60. the right yeah that's like yeah. the right decade I think is she's in her 60s yeah. and and the fact that she was like willing to like play a woman who looked like she's in her 60s maybe even older yeah. on mare and then in hacks like you even see and it's funny that you said like there's a little bit of Joan Rivers in her because I see so much Joan Rivers but I also see yeah. and I'm curious to hear what you think I also see so much Kathy Lee Gifford in her yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. Like yeah. just like that self-deprecating, like yeah. she she like wants to be lovable. Um and she well, like she's knows got her like a audience. QVC like line. Yes. Like doing. she yeah, like she knows. And I think like, you know, say what you will, like people can have their opinions about Kathy Lee, of course. But I do think I like, think she's, she's a hoot. She is more brilliant, I think than people give her credit for. Yeah, yes, and, yes. And I am so happy that I got to witness that sort of firsthand having worked with her because she, her timing is like, it, it, you have to like see it happening and you're like, God, like she is just so, so 
she knows like when to go in for the joke and she's fast yeah and she just gets it and I feel like there's something about the Jean Smart character Deborah Vance in there that that has like shades of both of those ladies in it um and there's like a throwback but one of the things that I really love about that show for me is I I love like observing the the time that we're in right now where it's like Gen Z like the whole Gen Z versus millennial nonsense like with the side part and the and the um skinny jeans like and everybody freaking (laughs) out like this is freaking out freaking out and it's like just wear what you wear and part your hair where you want you know like I don't care but anyway um I also enjoy a a middle part and I enjoy a non-skinny jean so maybe I'm just siding with the Gen Zers here but I love how like hacks really um they they play that generational stuff off each other so well like right from the get-go yeah totally I just feel like that's so because I think even Gene Smart at some point Deborah Vance the character calls Hannah Einbinder's character like she's like oh you're such a millennial and Hannah Binder's like actually I'm 25 so that makes me Gen Z like she like takes such offense that she's been called a millennial and like they just explore so much generational stuff I find like I just really love that show and and have you have you finished the season I finished I finished yes oh my god the last episode just it made me laugh. It made me cry. It was like all oh, of the things. So definitely there, check It that was one out. so amazing. And there was, I mean, the thing that made me laugh the hardest, well, this was the second to last episode, I think. And when um, Hannah's character, when Ava goes back to LA, and again, yeah. this isn't like a huge spoiler. She's, she, you know, she has to go to Vegas. Like this residency is in Vegas. So like she goes to Vegas to work with Deborah. But um she walks up to a restaurant because then she gets very she's been living in a hotel and like eating like buffet food in <laughs> Vegas for months or whatever. And she goes, <laughs> everyone in L.A. has such great style. I can't tell who's Haim and who's just three people. <laughs> and I was like and the girl, the hostess goes, well, Haim's on tour. So and I'm obsessed with the Haim sisters, like deeply obsessed <laughs> with the Haim sisters and their music, but also just them. And I think they're the cool. And so it's just like that is such a specific that's the kind of specificity that I really enjoy in like a comedy and like that's the great thing about comedies now like you can there's still like broad network comedies and and I sometimes enjoy those um I'm more likely to watch network dramas than I am to watch network comedies these days but like with more like the streaming I mean the you know like I loved the good place and and like some of those things that that were um but with the with the streaming comedies like they can be more niche and like make more niche jokes and like I mean you'll see niche jokes even on like Ted Lasso which I think is a pretty like, oh, one of the bigger bigger shows of the favorite past year show. yeah oh, the best the best but like, like honestly the best I I can't I'm so excited for the new season like I know. It's Sudeikis in September? is doing like promo no July Oh, July. It's coming <gasps> soon. He's like doing promo now. It's like oh coming later in July. It's like in a month. I can't wait. We're getting I it. I can't wait. I can't Ugh. wait. But like I loved, I mean, and it's also just like the evolution of like the sitcom because we like grew up on all these kinds of sitcoms. And now, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call Hacks like a sitcom. It's a comedy. It's a half hour comedy, but I don't know. It's like those sitcoms that we grew up on. But just that sense of timing, though, is there in those shows and is in all the shows that we love, like talking about designing women or like Golden Girls or like there's such precise timing with the jokes in those shows. And sometimes they are big jokes and sometimes they're just like sly little asides. And yeah. and 
and we got to know those characters because those shows were on for many seasons. But what I love about Hacks is like I felt like I knew these people by like the second episode. I was like, I'm so invested. I am so I feel like I know these I know I'm getting to know these people but I feel like I know who like it's like the writers knew who these people were and they were able to convey that and then the performances are so good and like Hannah she like is as she does stand up but she has not been like an actress and she's no this is like her first acting gig like I I saw Jean Smart giving an interview with Bo and Yang who I also love they did like one of those actors on actors I haven't watched it yet yeah it's so it's so good there's a Sudeikis and Catherine Hahn one that I need to watch yes oh WandaVision I mean wait did they talk about oh I love I mean I mean you know how I feel to watch it because we're I'm not so exactly like Marvel people, I would say. Is no, that fair? No. Yeah. No, well, we like, we'll too. watch a thing here and there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I watched like all the the Marvel, um, the Avengers movies like toward the end. Yeah. But like I've I, seen I, like Endgame and stuff. Yes. Like, I, totally. I'm, I'm in on that. But like I and I've watched the Thor movies just because. I you don't have to convince me to just stare at Chris Hemsworth for two hours. You know um, that I'm not like a Chris Hemsworth person. What? I prefer I prefer a Liam Hemsworth. Oh, this is Chris see, Hemsworth do- is a little too beefy for me. Oh, I like the beefy. I'm into him. Yeah, he's I a, don't know. New, your like, New Jersey I, is showing. Oh my <laughs> I'm teasing. God. I'm kidding. You I'm better kidding. be teasing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Also, also, no, I just like you know I like like a scrawny like you know sometimes I like a scrawny dude. I, I get always, it, but like not Liam great a, for me. P, but P.S. Liam Hemsworth is a not scrawny friend. No, he's not scrawny, scrawny but he's not him, as thick. But... He's not as thick as his brother. Yeah, because he's I'm not of, Thor. But I also like just enjoy Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth's face, like his eyes. Like I'm very into Chris right. Hemsworth's face. But anyway, um, but <laughs> I don't love a comic book situation. That's just like not yeah. my thing, which yeah. whatever. I'm glad that it's a lot of people's things. But so that's why I didn't actually watch The Watchmen because that's like based on which I don't even know which brand of comic book that's based on. But it was like a graphic novel. I think it's right? a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, I never read, but I was, you should watch it. It's so good. But that's what everybody keeps saying. So I feel like that's my next thing. But WandaVision is, oh. I will die on this hill, not a comic book story. Like, no, it's not is at all. A, just What's the it most tell- nuanced, um, beautiful story about love and grief and family and um, life. I, I'm just, I'm getting and, chills just talking about it. I know, I me it. too. I'll start crying. Like, and told through the lens of television, though. Like, and, I mean, to, and, I mean, it all comes yeah. back. Like, it's, it's through the lens of like all these different eras of popular television, and that's how she like processes like normalcy and 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 for so many people, that's what those shows can be. Like, and and I think for so many people, you mean you and me. Because I yeah. think maybe that's why we loved it so much. Yeah. You know? It like was that. like, I was like, well, when you told me, because I thought, I was like, well, I don't, especially with like a more niche character, like like Wanda, like Scarlet Witch, like I don't, and, and Vision, like I was like, I don't even know about these people. Like I know they show up in the back of like Avengers movies, but they're not like front and center. It's not Robert Downey. It's not like Iron Man, whatever. So I thought I wouldn't understand it. Like I thought I wouldn't understand the characters. And you were like, no, 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 no. Like you have to. And And then I started watching it and I was like, oh my God. And then by the end I was hysterical hysterical sobbing on my couch which is what I like from things like that's not a bad thing I like that (laughs) but I was like (laughs) 
like ugly like yeah. when you go <laughs> oh, you know like ugly yeah. crying and like that sniffle where like two hours later you just all of a sudden go like <laughs> and it just like comes out of nowhere yeah. and I it was so good she is so like Elizabeth Olsen and oh, Paul Bettany so and and Catherine Hahn speaking of like like she's so great in it and um Catherine Hahn's oh good in everything she I mean does. what has like, she never not been good at she, she is, is like I'm so glad that, and it's funny because I feel like we're talking about summer of Jean Smart, but I also feel like it yeah. was the, the spring of Catherine Hahn. It because was. Because she has been around for so long and she's been in so many things that you don't even realize she's been in, you know what I mean? Until you start like yeah. going back and you're like, oh, I she was in this and she was in that. And she is just so good in everything. I'm so happy that not that people not that people didn't know who she was before but i feel like sure. she really she really had a moment this in early 2021 yeah. and i'm so glad she did because it's so well deserved um and she just like I, you have to watch the show if you haven't watched it because it's yeah, just, just it's watch just it. brilliant it's so and like i like what you were saying though it, it goes through all those different television formats and like the way yeah. that from each generate from each decade really tv um I'm trying to think of a better word for format, but like the formats of them basically changed. They tweaked a little bit and it was like, you know, you can just see the difference between like the Donna Reed show to the Brady Bunch to Growing Pains. You know what I mean? Like you see how families evolve, you see how the theme song evolves and all that stuff. And like, I don't know about you, Abby, but like I had no restrictions on television growing up. Both my parents. I did my homework. I did my homework in front of the television. Same. My sister was sometimes not allowed to, but I did everything in front of the television. I got a TV. I had a TV in my room. Same. Like, yes. Yeah. Some real 80s shit. Yeah, totally. Like, my husband is was always like, uh, like, I'll make a television reference, and he'll be like, what are you talking about? I'll be like, you know, like, remember Danny Cooksey on Different Strokes? He played Sam, Absolutely. and Nick is like, Nick is like, you made all of those names up. And I'm like, What? <laughs> What? No. We're getting divorced. Like, how do you not know that? Well, also, because that's, I was thinking about it because we, you know, we've been talking about, like, and I'm often thinking about 80s television shows, but I was like, I, my uh, early liberal values were absolutely partially defined by Stephen and Elise Keaton on Family Ties. Oh, like, oh my God. 100%. Like, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not a former hippie, but I will become a new <laughs> hippie. Like, I mean, I <laughs> wanted to be a hippie. I mean, I like went to Grateful Dead shows and stuff. And like, I absolutely, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be like Alex. Like, I'm not going to be like a Reagan Republican. I was like, right. I want to be like, like Stephen and Elise. Nixon in your room. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like America's family. Yeah. And I mean, Mallory was obviously like very cool. Um, But like they like really. And I I even think about like growing pains and like seeing um, Joanna Kern, like Maggie Seaver and Joanna Kern's character, like as this journalist and like a working woman, you know, they were a two career family. And that was like really important to me to see. And like, you know, the, and I didn't end up getting married or having kids. Well, my kids still get married, I guess. But like, it's like I—that was important. That was like formative, you know. No, totally. And like, and like, when I started doing TV, obviously I wasn't married. And when I started writing, I obviously wasn't married. And when we got married, 
I remember saying to Nick, like, I'm not going to change my last name. Like, I'll change it legally or, like, on my passport or whatever. But professionally, this is who I am. And, like, I remember giving him – this is so embarrassing – but giving him the example of Maggie Malone. And he looked at me blankly because he was like, who's Maggie Malone? And I'm like, you know, when Maggie Seaver goes back to work and she goes on the air and at the end of the segment, she says like, and this is Maggie Malone reporting for whatever it is, like WABC. And her husband, Alan, the great Alan Thicke. Ugh, uh, may he rest uh, in oh, peace. Oh, may he rest in peace. The great Alan Thicke. Um, he... And the kids are watching like at home and they're like, Maggie Malone, like who's Maggie Malone? And she comes home and she was just like, that was my identity before. And like, that was my maiden name. And she just, she gives like a, I, I can't remember the speech that she gives to Jason yeah. Seaver, but it's, it's basically this feminist, um, yeah. you know, reason for being like, Hey, I'm still the mom here. I'm still your wife. I'm committed to this family. But like that piece of me and this is you know not to say that if you change your last name you're not a feminist like i of course of course my but mom I, has but changed the fact her that last there's name, a choice you know and the, the choice that that's exactly choice, what it is you know like exactly. there was an option for you if you didn't exactly. want to that was also okay which okay had not yeah. been obviously like always portrayed and again of course like a lot of these shows were very white and like all those things but that doesn't mean they oh, yeah. didn't have like important messages and and I mean I know it's hard to talk about the Cosby show now because of oh, everything we know but if I to know. talk about Claire Huxtable and the Felicia amazing. Rashad who I do not have a problem talking about it we'll no. talk about all day at day. length yes me yeah but like what what Claire put out into the world too was like that next word I mean she I was like yes you can be that way and be that professional and that have that Boss. strong of a voice and that <laughs> yeah. like badass and like have a family and a job, you know, and like all those things that like were really formative. And then even like watching the golden girls and designing women and like the female friendships and that, like the, the, I mean, I joke about it all the time, but like in, in your intro, but like I, I could live in a house, like if I'm, I could oh, grow old with my friends, you know, like I already have that, all my captains ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like get I I mean like they didn't drink as much alcohol as I think I will be drinking in during that time on their lanai, but like the caftans, I was like, you know, the rusty anchor, like I'm gonna be like, am I gonna be like whoring it out like Blanche? I mean, there's a good chance. Like it's you know, but also just that you could have these like adult female friendships that were you could have a family, you could have all this. It's like, but they, that they could exist too. And right. that they were important. And, and then obviously that led to later to shows like sex in the city and like that whole scene where she's like, maybe we're each other's soulmates and men in our lives are just people who we spend time with, you know, like that, Absolutely. that those were precursors like designing women and, and uh, golden girls were pr certainly precursors to those kind of shows. And they're so much more common now, but like, that wasn't necessarily the case in the 80s. They were mostly, a lot of things were very family-centered. And not that there's, again, nothing wrong with families. I love my family. I love yeah. my friends' families. But those, like, those families weren't always, I mean, listen, I'm from a white suburban family. And yeah, I, would look at, I would look at Growing Pains and be like, that family's not exactly like my family. You know what I mean? So even the family yeah. shows that were, um, that looked like me. So I can't even imagine, because every show was kind of the same, hitting the same note in terms of optics. Yeah. Um, yes. I can't imagine if you were a family that didn't look like that, how far away that felt to you, you know? Yeah, but I, yeah. But I will say one of the things that I feel like, you know, 
people um, growing up today have like, for better or for worse, a different experience with is that the thing that they did in the 80s was obviously we didn't have as many channels. We didn't have these streaming services like churning out content, right? And one of the things they did in the 80s, which always makes me laugh today, knowing a little bit about how content gets made and and having friends who work in television and, and just working in media like we've worked and you kind of see behind the, you know, behind the curtain a little bit. I'm amazed at how the 80s, that decade and even the early 90s were like the kings of the spinoff so not only were there like limited channels right there were shows and then they weren't even like we're going to give you now a different show they were like we're going to give you just a tiny bit of a tweak of this show and spin it off so you really were immersed in these worlds so like golden girls spun off into empty nest so you didn't just get golden girls for half an hour you got golden girls and then right after you got their neighbors which is yeah, so like they're literal, like they're literal today. next door neighbors. They're literal next door neighbors. Would never happen with like well, Christy McNichol, who I loved. McNichol, I remember like Christy McNichol? Oh, um, the best. But remember the episode where, um, because I feel like they're watching. It's not they're wa- not watching the Empty Nest House, but when Clooney. Oh my god! I just car. watched that. I literally <laughs> just. Watch that because I will fold my laundry, which I guess uh the mom of a baby right now i have laundry out the wazoo and i watch golden girls or law and order svu uh while i'm folding the laundry those are like my two favorite white noises to listen to i know you're like a gray's anatomy white noise but for me i love golden girls is a good one too and and svu and they just had yeah anything like you've seen a million times but you never get bored of that's yeah that's my well that's the thing and also i mean designing women is now streaming i believe on hulu it's on hulu wasn't It wasn't for a really long time. And, like, the reruns weren't really on. They're still, like, on, like, Ion or one of those channels. Like, on Saturdays and Sundays, there will be, like, four hours of Golden Girls. And it's also streaming. You can pull it up streaming. But, like, I'll just watch it, like, on TV. And But for so long, you couldn't see Designing Women. And I have gone back and rewatched certain ones. And it hold the right if the writing's good like it'll hold up of course there's some dated references and like the tech and whatever but like the jokes are still good like I mean listen I will just when you just need to pick me up you just pull up Julia Sugar uh, Julia Sugarbaker speech and I mean obviously the most famous one is like and that's the (laughs) night the lights went out in Georgia Um, but I also love I mean there's like and there were obviously like these very special episodes and whatever, but like when Julia Sugarbaker goes off about like, remember when the Tony Tony Goldwyn was on and he had AIDS on designing, yes, women? and they ha- and he asked them to plan his funeral because they were design they were interior designers, interior designers, women. yeah. Um, but that was like, and she gives like a whole speech, and that wasn't something that a lot of people were talking about, and that show was like very like the Linda Bloodworth Thomason and whatever they were like big. Uh, Democrats and and they would talk about some certain political stuff on the show but like like when she gives a speech it's just like if you need to get pumped up for something like just watch a Julia watch Julia Sugarbaker yeah well and the fact that like listen I mean and you acknowledged this earlier so many of those shows were problematic in a lot of ways mostly mostly in their casting I would say uh you know because it was just we're obviously not a nation of just all thin white people. And that was basically <laughs> what, what you got yes. was like thin, straight white people, um, yeah. which is a bummer. But one of the things that I really like, and I feel like one of the um, mediums that catches on to these evolutions a little bit quicker 
uh, than than other mediums and other franchises is late night. And I, I was telling you the other day, like CNN did this really interesting, I think it's six parts documentary called The Story of Late Night. And that you want to see like an arc go from just the white man show to something way more diverse. Watch that documentary because they have they interview Amber Ruffin a lot, who I love Amber Ruffin. Like anyone in the Seth Meyers orb, I'm pretty much a fan of. I'm like very much a fan of, right? Like we love John Mulaney, like, you know, just like any, anybody in that, that world. And Amber Ruffin, I think is so brilliant on his show. She's so brilliant on her show and she, yeah, her show's amazing on Peacock and they, um, they do this whole thing and they interview Trevor Noah and it's just, I love any kind of a talk show. Like I'm all in for you know, late night morning talk shows. Give me the view on a loop. Like I will watch Megan McCain and Joy Behar. See, just I go can't do it at anymore. it. Oh my God. I'm so, my favorite thing is Whoopi, I, Whoopi I wanna, Goldberg. Hey, I like, want to hit Megan McCain too much. I'll see the clips and stuff, but I can't watch oh, it for reals. reals. No, I love it. I love it. I but mean, you know, I love me and my Wendy Williams, which oh, you appear on often. I, I was just on Wendy this week and Wendy is, have you seen her documentary? It's a, I sure uh, have. Is, her documentary is the best name, which is, um, what a mess. <laughs> I mean, I watched the Lifetime movie followed by the documentary and what a mess is a perfect title, but I mean, what a brilliant mess really. Cause she is so fucking smart and like has built this like incredible career around like being a mess like being herself yeah. and a mess and I mean she's gotten messier I think in later years but like I mean she was such a powerhouse like radio person in, in New York and if you don't really know her if you just know her from her show like you should watch the documentary because her career is fascinating and and she had to fight for it really hard and like but what a what a niche she serves and what a like delight she is oh like absolutely. to me <laughs> She's and you know her. I mean, you go on yeah. the show like all the time. She is, I have to say, you know, people in like, if we're like at a wedding or a party and people are like, oh, what do you do? And I don't, I'm not like a jerk. And I'm like, eh, I'm on TV because I'm on TV for like five minutes a year. So let's just be clear about that. that. Not, you are but, on TV a lot. And yeah, I like sending you screenshots and I like will be do. laying in bed watching. Because, you know, I'm a morning, I'm a loyalist to like NBC news programming and have been since youth. So I am a today is, show like ride or die. You are, that's, it's so funny. I feel like people, um, they, it's like with so, how soap operas used to be. Like you have your And we channel. were NBC soaps. I mean, my yeah. mom was NBC. We were NBC soaps. You were an too. NBC family, like through and through. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, they'll always ask about, oh, have you ever met Wendy? Like it's Wendy Williams and it's Hoda Kotb that everybody yeah. wants to know about it, which is so interesting to me. And, and lately everybody's been asking me a lot about Michael Strahan and I'm always oh. so delighted because listen, like none of those people, they're all professionals, right? Even the ones sure. that aren't nice are professional. And so nobody's going to be mean to me because they know better than right. to, to be a jerk. But I've seen some people, which we're not going to talk about on this show, um, no, but I've seen, I've seen some people behave badly, but I have to say that I'm so happy that the people they ask me about who are, you know, Michael Strahan and Wendy Williams and Hoda, 
I have such nice, honestly, genuine, nice things to say about. And Wendy, you know, Wendy and I don't hang out, but she is lovely. And I cannot tell you how professional this woman is. Like, I think people think because she's like really vulnerable and she's honest and she goes on and she's like, whatever, you know, like I'm going to gossip and I'm going to spill tea and I'm going to do this. People are like, oh, she's probably just like super cash and unprofessional. And no, ma'am, she is not. That yeah. woman is professional to her core. So I love her and I think she's like funny and she knows her audience better than any. Yeah person does and with Hoda like Hoda is just truly mm. as you know I've never met Ellen DeGeneres I've never done her show but I know a lot of people who have like worked with her and worked for her and when all of that stuff came out about Ellen it, it was it was not different than things that I had heard from people who worked Same. closely with her Same. right Same. so so I I have not had that experience with her because I have had no experience with her but Same. um it was it was not surprising you know but I have to tell you with Hoda what you know Hoda does things that are even nicer than people hear about like for me Hoda Hoda's always been so kind to me and I remember one time we were doing the show and we were taping this like back to school show and in the teleprompter they had like it was like four guests on that day and in the teleprompter they wanted all of the guests to come out and do the open to the show with her and Kathy Lee and it was uh, two celebrities, I can't even remember who it was, it was like two TV celebrities. And then it was somebody who's like always on the show, like Lou Manfredini or like somebody who's like, oh, Joy Bauer <laughs> or something like yeah. that. It was like one of those like contributors. And then it was me. And for whatever reason, the teleprompter read like for Hoda to say like, oh, and we have you know, whoever it was, it was like Mindy Kaling here. We have uh, Josh Radner here, like TV celebrities and Lou Manfredini's here. And then it said, and we're going to get you back to school ready, which is the segment that I was doing, but my name wasn't in it, which is fine. Like I, I get yeah. it. I'm on for like three minutes. I suffer from no delusions that like I am, should be a top billing. Like, let's be clear. Well, I disagree. And, I think you should always be top billed, but that's and, just me. Well, that's nice. And the show was And live. I think you should, yeah, like, you know how I feel. You, well, you sell yourself you. short. That's, well, that's sweet. <clears throat> thank you. But the show was live to tape, so she could stop at any time. And I've never seen Hoda mess up a tape ever. And I've done a lot of tape segments with her. And she stopped the tape. And she said, can you roll that back? And nobody knew why. Um, she had gotten through the first three celebs. And it was my back-to-school segment. And she said, oh, guys, can you stop the tape and roll it back? We're, I just want to do that again. And they were like, sure. So they roll it back. And my name, and I could see the teleprompter. I was sitting next to her. We were all in little school desks. And she did the whole read again. And then she said, and we've got back to school today with our friend, Lori Bergamotto, who we love. I mean, and she I'm did that. I'm about to cry. I'm about yeah. to cry. Isn't that so nice? And like, she does stuff like that. I mean, and that's like a very little thing, but, but it's, my point it's, is a, it's big it's small, impact, but it's indicative, yeah. it's indicative of like who a person is, Yeah, you know, and, like, and, and think, the thoughtfulness and like, yeah. and also her respect for you, you know? And, and, and I, and I said something mm -hmm. at the end and, you know, at the end of the show, I was like, Hoda, I saw that teleprompter. I know my name wasn't in it. Like that was so incredibly kind. And she said, girl, you earned a seat at the table. Like you got, like, I got you. Like, and it was just. It was mm. so warm. Hoda? And again, like Hoda's not my best. Like we don't hang out. I don't have her number. You know, like we're not. But she does things like that. I was at a Christmas party with her once and she made sure that like she came over and said hello. And like Savannah's the same way. Like they're just, they are truly kind, nice, 
professional, hardworking people. And like, uh, you know. Yeah, and you can tell, like the whole vibe at the Today Show right now is like very good energy for me. And I think that's why I like watching it in the mornings. Like, I, I think you can sense the real friendship. I love Craig. I have always loved Carson. Like, you know. Oh my God, you must, you did. Dylan, you like I mean, with Dylan's Carson, have, right? Oh my, I mean, I like, I mean, I would go on TRL sometimes, but I was usually with, um, I was often with Lala. Remember when Lala was a, oh, L- yeah. Lala was a uh, VJ? Uh, of course I do. Yeah. I think the reason that we're so into like the Gen Z thing is because we're like, oh, this is just us in the nineties. <laughs> it 100% is. I'm like, oh, and I'm buying bodysuits. By the way, I will say Kimberly Kardashian, I, uh, the Skims bodysuits are great. Um, I like Skims. But it, it, I like Skims too. Yeah. I like Skims. Yeah. You know, I'm not like a big Kardashian person. You're not a big Kardashian. Yeah. No, I'm not. But I, um, I do like the Skims. I do have to say, and I and like, you know, I do think that they are like total pros at everything they do. They are um, very do professional. You, do you yeah. do you remember my Kardashian story? Have I have I sent you this picture of me with all the Kardashians? Wait, I don't Have know I, that I remember this, but this could be like so, a perfect, like, let's, we'll, we started this journey in one place and we're going to end it with yeah. Kardashians. Tell me the story. Well, so, I, and now if I forget, I might've forgotten, but I don't, I don't know. Tell me. So they were promoting the show and they were at the Today Show and I was at the Today Show because I, at the time was working at People Style Watch and I was doing a segment. Yeah. I was doing a segment on like, um, spring accessories or something and people knew who they were, but they were not who they are. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, I cannot believe I'm telling this story. They were there at, uh, in the green room and it was Kris Jenner, Kourtney Kardashian, Kimberly Kardashian. I, I don't know why I'm calling her Kimberly. Like her, I call her Kimberly. Her government I, name. I don't know why. They call her, sometimes they call her oh, Kimberly okay. and I like okay. to call her Kimberly. Okay, I'm doing it because you're doing it. But yes, Kim Kardashian, Chloe was there. And was there one more person there? I don't think, I I'm, I have to look at the picture, but I don't think Kendall and Kylie were there. Although they were probably Kendall, really little. They might not Kendall have Kendall might have been there. I don't know. Caitlyn was not there because at the time she was Bruce and Bruce was not there. So it was just, it was just them. And it was, um, the, what is his name, Abby? Uh, Kim's friend is it Jonathan? Jonathan Chubbin. Yeah. Yes. The food god. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He was there, and but I didn't know who he was because I didn't, you know, I didn't watch the show, and I was basically dressed in what looks like a prom dress because at the time that was like what you wore on television. Like we are, we are more in a like normcore street yeah. style <laughs> place today. But at the time it was like, wear your fanciest bridesmaid gown. And so I look like I'm in a prom dress and even in like what they're wearing looks a little promy. And they were in the green room and I don't know how it happened, but it was like one of those awful games of telephone where somebody must have said, maybe it was like their manager or somebody that knew somebody in the green room must have said that girl over there, meaning me works is, is the editor at people instead of saying (sighs) that girl is a contributing editor at People Style Watch. Like the message totally got lost, right? <laughs> so someone comes up to me in the green room. Mind you, at this point, I'm like, like I don't even think I'm 30 yet. Like I was like 28 or 29. And somebody comes up to me and they're like, hey, um, would you mind taking a picture with the Kardashians? And I was like, they want to take a picture with me? 
And they're like, yes. And they had a professional photographer with them. So I was like, okay. And I had like just a, an iPhone or like, I might've even had like a Blackberry at this time where you could take a picture, but it was like a really weird grainy picture. Yeah. And so I gave their friend, Jonathan, because I didn't have people. I wasn't there with like an entourage. (laughs) I was there by myself. I had an intern with me. And we're in the green room of the Today Show. And we have this professional picture of me flanked. I'm in the middle, flanked by the Kardashians. Which my friend Lauren calls true true life. I'm a lost Kardashian sister because it looks like we all just kind of go together. I'm like their fair skinned, lighter, like blonde, high lit uh, sister. And it's a hilarious picture. And the person who took it is Jonathan how do you say last? Chibin. I, I say Chibin. C H E B A N. It could be Chibin. And that's who I took know. it. And so I have this hilarious picture. And they probably got back to wherever they were staying and they were like, oh, this is not the editor of people. <laughs> like, this isn't Larry Hackett or Jess Cagle, whoever it was at the time. Yeah. But um, it just was, that's it's a amazing. hilarious. Yeah, it's a it's a fun. You never know who you're going to meet in the Today Show. I mean, room it, and- yeah, and I love that's. We'll get a text sometimes, like guess who's here? Green oh yeah, because I mean, it could be like it's such a range. It could be like oh, anyone. It is. Well, always there's like a Bravo celebrity that I don't know, and I'm like, guys, do you know Lisa? I think it's Vanderpump, and you're like, what? Lisa Vanderpump? <laughs> I'm like, and- LVP is there? What? Yeah. And then, and then you guys are like talking about like their do- her dog. I'm like, who are these Jeez. people? And you're like, they're her dogs. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. But like, I, I mean, everybody from like that to like Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, when they were promoting the post, they were there. And like Tom Hanks did the voice of Woody to my son who happened to be with me. It was like the greatest day of anybody's life. Tom Hanks, national treasure. Well, before we wrap up, I will say I was just thinking of your son this morning. Or was that last night that I wrote that comment? I can't remember. I have like no sense of time. Um uh, because Tia had posted something about like the orphan and like Lena and like Russia and like a Russian orphan. And I was like, Oh my God. When we thought <laughs> like old, his past life as like a Romanoff. No, Abby, I mean, I, you're I, laughing, I but I like, I mean, I'm still terrified. <laughs> Basically, to just bring everyone up to speed, when my son Leo, who is now seven years old and no longer does this, but when he was like a year old, he would wake up in the middle of the night. This is true. Like, this couldn't. I, I, I mean, this is what I feel like people true. think I mean, I'm I wasn't making there, it up, but, but we yeah. were like, I, w- I lived through it with you. Yeah. And there was like, it's funny now, but at the time, there was like genuine concern that my child know, was I possessed. Yeah. Right. So he would like <laughs> he wake like up in the middle terrors. of the night. He would have night terrors. He would wake up in the middle of the night. He was like, this happened between the time he was like, like 10 months to the time he was like <laughs> three years old. And he would wake up in the middle of the night and just scream bloody murder and then when he would sort of like come to like he would like snap out of this you know scary crying he would say something that I do not speak Russian but that only sounded like actual rush the Russian language like he was speaking in tongues but the only thing it sounded like to me was Russian and then as he was getting older he would his then after he would stop his nose would bleed and then do you remember that like total creep show on netflix 
<laughs> it was called. It had like two letters. It was called like the. I don't even remember. Like the, the OA the OA. or the I AL. Loved it. I was or, obsessed with it. Is yeah. that what it was called? Brit Marling, so, the OA. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And on that show, she would have these like spells, and then her nose would bleed. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. And I remember watching it and being like, "You guys, is this like a real thing that happens?" Because this happened. Like this was what was happening in my life. And I remember taking him to a doctor, and and I was like, "I think he's possessed." And this was like an actual medical doctor, like an ear, nose, and throat specialist. <laughs> And I said to him, like, I was like, is this what happens to, like, children who are possessed? Like, do I need to get an exorcist? This guy must have thought, like, he was probably going to call children's services and have Leo taken away. And he's like, no, he's like, um, sometimes, dear, which was, like, so patronizing and annoying. Yeah, he's like, sometimes, yeah. dear, um, when you're really stressed, which, like, crying to that degree can stress a system, your nose bleeds. And so that's why his nose is bleeding. He was like, this is not like, he's not possessed. And I'm like, I don't believe but you. Didn't he? Well, first of all, I feel like Tia's mom also thought he had like a Russian past life or something. And, and didn't he one time like pick, like go to the bookshelf and just pick up like a Dostoevsky or something. Like it was like one time or Tolstoy. No, he always, he always would take Tolstoy off the shelf. He would take Dostoevsky off the shelf. He even like, I think one time we, we were somewhere with you and he would say, like when he would say the word, what yeah. he would say, like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, and then you sent us a video. Like, I think I still have it yeah. saved. Where it's yeah. like, Abby so and weird. Tia, what are you doing? You're doing. Yeah. I like, and everybody always had an explanation. Like Nick would be like, oh, he probably watches like The Count on Sesame Street. I'm like, guys, this is all like too many random, like there's only one narrative thread here that makes sense. And it's that he's possessed by like a dead Russian czar. And, yeah, like, no and, I, and it to had to be me. czarist. Like it had to be czarist because like, I'm very into the Romanovs. And like, yeah, I remember reading Nicholas and Alexandra in like sixth grade. And I was like, what? Like I was like, top to me about Rasputin and like I was like we were like no I mean he's definitely from like czarist Russia I also love the Danielle Steele book Zoya like it's you know uh, which is also a tv movie starring Melissa Gilbert as Zoya oh. um <laughs> and a the young Jennifer Garner TV is in that movie, movie. Uh, oh my god I mean, she that's is? Like, yeah young Jennifer Garner is in it I mean speaking of just to circle it right back to family ties no one was the queen of a TV movie like Meredith Baxter, then oh, Meredith Baxter Bernie. Oh I was God. just talking to Baxter. my friend the other day because she had started watching because the, well, and this, here we go. It all comes together because um, she, the Betty Broderick uh, Bravo show with Christian Slater and Amanda Peet is now on Netflix. So she was watching it and she was, I was like, oh, do you know about Betty Broderick? And she's, you know, she's young. She's like 34. And, um, she was like, no, but it's so interesting. And I was like, oh, girl, this was like, she was on, the real Betty Broderick was like on Oprah, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, there were two TV movies um, starring Meredith Baxter as uh, Betty Broderick. And I was like, and I think that that when we, we had to cancel him, because I think he was like a sexual predator, the dad from Seventh Heaven. Um, oh, Collins, my God. Was Dan Broderick. Yes. And so this is like Christian Slater and Amanda Pete in the show. And the show is great. You should watch it. It's, it's it's excellent. But also then I was like, and this was like just not a way we should portray things on television, speaking of. But I don't know if you remember a movie called Kate's Secret 
which my oh. sister and I were very obsessed oh. with, where she was the bulimic suburban mom and she would just like shovel and like she would like go through all these different drive throughs and just like shove the food in her face and then throw up. Give give me any special episode or TV movie or after school special about like uh, bulimia or drugs or any eating disorder. Do like you I was the Calista Flocker after school special. Uh, that whole the whole series the the HBO thing yeah then she hid the jars of in in her closet and then she'd take them down to the woods and then there'd been a steroids one yes wait wasn't that like a whole like franchise of yeah um, but my favorite you know my favorite maybe maybe you don't remember but my favorite which was not part of that franchise was the Helen Hunt this was an actual network (laughs) this was on network television in the afternoon Abby Gardner network (laughs) TV Helen Hunt like three o'clock on a Tuesday on angel dust and she (laughs) runs out the window of a school do you remember that yes she wants out the Oh my god. We have gotta find that clip. Like what kind of insanity? It's a wonder any of us are as (laughs) vaguely normal as we are. Like frankly. No, but it it explains how we got the world we got (laughs) in 2021. (laughs) Like uh, we this is the world we deserve. We got the world we deserve after like a youth of this nonsense. insane insane stuff and that was like targeted at our age group like that was programmed for us it was like oh okay you're home from school you could put on ducktales and then after (laughs) ducktales goes off oh here watch helen hunt get high on lsd laced with angel dust and then she's gonna run out the science lab window on the, like what who does that also i don't know about you you know that like i know you guys always make fun of my drug uh experiences like i know nothing like i'm always <laughs> like what of. is that my lack of i'm always like what is like I, my my favorite is like my freshman year of college this guy that i had a crush on down the hall who never talked to me one day came knocking on my door at like one in the morning and i was like oh he was coming to make out like this is <laughs> yeah. amazing it's all happening. and i am it's all happening for me right now. And I answered the door and he was like, Hey, I hear um, your roommate Christy has a bowl. And I was like, Oh, and my roommate Christy wasn't home. And I was like, sure. Hold oh on God, one second. Get him a cereal and bowl? I got him a cereal bowl and I was like, here you go. And he was like, Oh, you're adorable. Okay. I'll come back when Christy's here. And he left. And I was like, and I remember like telling my, my like little friend on the floor and she's like, Oh dude, you, that's not what he meant. And I was like, Oh, I've like never done. Like, I just, it's like not my thing. I have a super addictive personality and I know that there's nothing wrong with it, but that's hilarious. Yeah. He was like, I heard you have a bowl. He so, probably and then went I'm like, into his room and like carved out an apple and smoked out of that because that was a thing. Um, sure, he did something way worse, but uh, <laughs> but I I feel like maybe it's because I was so traumatized from thinking that I was going to run out a window or I something. Mean, maybe. Like, I mean, like, we were. It's... Nancy Reagan told us not to do drugs, and you listened. Oh my God. <laughs> and I listened. Oh man, Nancy Reagan. But anyway, it's it's all of those people that then we would like see pop up again. Like I was all for like a Helen Hunt on a Mad About You. You know what I mean? Like I just I feel like like she survived PCP. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, what do you even remember what the drug was? I'm saying Angel Dust, but I have like no idea what she even did. I mean, it was probably like PCP Angel Dust, which is like Angel Dust, I think. But like, um, well, Helen Hunt was very important as the best friend and girls just want to have fun. I mean, she's been in our lives for a really long time. That movie 
was it's you know what I might watch that today that's just one of those feel goods uh it does and and I sometimes will pull up dancing in heaven the song (laughs) (laughs) get my feet this far shake it out I mean like yeah the whole thing. I just feel like I, in my next life, I want to just go and live in the 80s as one of those, like, not, they weren't exactly child stars because they were legit, like, teen stars. Teens, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want, like, a Shirley Temple situation or, like, a, <laughs> or, like, a Gary Coleman situation that's to make it more <laughs> right. 80s. Like, I don't want that situation. I want Sarah Jessica Parker dating Robert Downey Jr. I want a Justine Bateman. I want, like, that situation where you would see them and, like, they were hanging out with, like, River Phoenix. Like, they were all Yeah, I was like, Martha Plimpton, River Phoenix. Like. Oh, my God. Martha Plimpton, who dated Christian Slater. And, like, I just wanted, I want, like, that experience just for a moment. Like, I'm like, that is, like, like, those cool, young, like, late teens, early 20s, like, 80s. Yes. Like, yes, yeah, like Samantha right? Mathis, like, oh my back god, to like where a Christian is Slater Samantha love Mathis? And, yeah, yeah, she showed up on something, she was on Billions, maybe. Oh, recently, maybe, yeah, huh. she showed up there, yeah, okay. It, it always does bum me out when I look back and I see more of those 80s guys who made it and not the 80s yeah. girls well, who made women it. Women aren't allowed to age, yeah, right, right, except unless you're Gene Smart. <laughs> Unless you're Gene Smart. To wrap it up, you guys watch. You I mean, I literally could talk to you for a hundred years. Um, I love you. But please watch, please watch Hacks. And if you haven't watched Mayor of Easttown, watch that and watch Watchmen and watch Designing Women. And like, just, we just need to treasure Gene Smart. And Hacks is coming back for a second season. So that's very exciting. But all, there's 10 episodes. It's very easy to watch. Um, it's on HBO Max. Um, thank you so much for coming on and letting me monopolize your entire morning. Thank you so so much for having me. I love you so much. And I can't wait to get my We Have Notes, my newsletter, and I can't wait. I know. I have to to write it. (laughs) Oh, well, you better get on that. Well, it's like it's it's uh, outlined. I like jot down things during the week and then I have to like flesh it out. Usually I do it earlier than I've just been busy. Um, Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I love you. You too. I love you too. Thank you, Abby. Thank you so much to Lori. That was the most fun. Uh, And thank you for sticking with us. If you stayed with us through that, you know, evolution of a conversation, to say the least. Um, Lori is just a ray of sunshine. She is just like a bright spot in pretty much everyone's day if you come into contact with her. And I am so glad that I got to spend the morning talking to her. And if you want a little bit of that sunshine for yourself, I would definitely follow her on Instagram at Lori Bergamato. So you can chill. She does a lot of like behind the scenes from her TV appearances and stuff too. So it's actually really cool. And you get to see her adorable family. And you can follow We Have Notes at We Have Notes. I'm at Abby C. Gardner. Sign up for the newsletter at wehavenotes.substack.com. Uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You know the drill. Thank you to everyone at Speak Studio who helps produce this show because otherwise... I would be silent. You wouldn't even get to hear my rambling voice and sometimes inappropriate laughter. Uh, So thank you to them. And also, you know, until next week, 
I mean, I just keep hoping that this Benefer story just keeps growing. You know, we got the kiss last time. Now they're like A-Rod was spotted at a party with Lindsay Shookus, who's the SNL producer who Ben dated for a little while on and off a couple years ago. I don't think they were like together together. They were like at the same party. I don't I don't think anything's really going on there, but I kind of wouldn't put it past A-Rod to try to figure out a way to like get a story there. And he's just not he's not as savvy as as Jennifer. And I don't think that's going to work for him. But um, I do like that we will never stop talking about this story. And I mean, I hope it all like culminates in a giant Benefer wedding. Like at this point, that's what I'm pulling for. So let me know what you think. DM me and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>